Hi, this is Chris Campbell, and welcome to the Food Institute podcast. This week, we will be speaking with executives from Velasis, a Veracast company, and Filippo Berrio on how they pushed up in-store sales of extra virgin olive oil during the pandemic. But first, if you're new to the Food Institute podcast, we ask that you like and share this episode and share it with your friends and family over your social media accounts. Really can't state how much it helps us when you spread it this way. That organic kind of growth really helps us get our message out, and we really appreciate it when you do so. To start us off, meet Megan Boyd. I'm Megan Boyd. I'm the marketing manager for Filippo Berrio. We've been around for over 150 years providing really great, authentic quality olive oil uh, to consumers here in the U.S. Uh, we're currently sold in over 70 countries. And we also in the U.S. recently introduced our lines of pestos, vinegars, and glazes to the market. Uh, a little bit about me, I've been with Barrio for four years now. Uh, prior to Barrio, I was in the agency world, and I've also had experience in fine jewelry, food and restaurant, watches, and some other CPG categories. The project between the two companies was to increase in-store sales of extra virgin olive oil among olive oil consumers. Megan noted the overall idea of the project. It was really important that we target those who are already in the olive oil category, but may not have tried our brand. We wanted to build awareness for the brand while also encouraging trial, and Velasquez's data access allows us to find these consumers for our advertising. Now I'd like to introduce Kevin Leary, an executive director with Velasquez, who also worked on the project. I have been with Velasquez since 2014, um, but I have been in the CPG media marketing industry since uh, since 2005. Um, and I specifically, you know, here at Velasquez, uh, work in our, within our CPG vertical, uh, work with various manufacturers and agencies, you know, uh, across the country um, to really help them build end-to-end marketing solutions to, uh, to drive commerce and to drive, um, drive sales for, for their various brands. Um, you know, a little bit more about, about Velasquez. So Velasquez, we're a marketing technology company that uses our proprietary platform known as Illumis to, to really identify the, you know, our, our, our brands that we work with, they're the right consumer at the right time um, with the right media lever, whether that be print media, digital media, social media, um, to, to drive commerce and, and even more importantly on the back end, be able to, um, to measure sales, but also be able to optimize programming, um, with sales data that, that we get, that we see within our Illumis, our Illumis platform. That project included a smart TV enabled advertising campaign for specific markets. I'll allow Megan to explain the project in more detail. Yeah, we had done connected TV the year before and found it really to be quite impactful in building brand awareness. So we opted to do that again this year, but with some new creative executions where we could feature a store locator if someone had a smart TV. And that really helped to show consumers that we were available in their area. It showed the store that we were the closest to them uh, if they wanted to make a trip out. And I think it really just helped reinforce that we're available in your area by showcasing that in a very easy to use format. The program was launched in three regions of the US, the Southeast, the Northeast, and the Midwest. Kevin explains why those three regions were chosen in the first place. 
you know, one of the big things we looked at uh, and, and Megan looked at was, you know, what are those high opportunity markets and retailers? Um, and, you know, essentially where the category development index or the category is doing really, really well. Vario could be doing well, it could be doing good as well, but maybe there was some, you know, there was a gap in terms of the pacing on how Vario was doing compared to the category. And, you know, I think that that definitely dictated, you know, some of the reasons we picked pick these markets and retailers. The other thing is, specific to the Southeast, you know, including them, is that the, you know, Barrio's ACV wasn't as strong or isn't as strong in, in the Southeast, but yet the category was doing, you know, significantly well. Um, and, you know, really thought this is a, this is a great opportunity to, 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 to grow awareness of their brand, um, you know, in an in underdeveloped, uh, underdeveloped region of the country, um, you know, while also being able to, again, capitalize, you know, kind of while the, <laughs> while the iron is hot, um, in the sense of the the category is doing so well across the board, um, so many new entrants into the category, you know, across all three markets, but you know, definitely the Southeast as well. So that was a, a very opportunistic market. Since the start of the pandemic, a lot of media coverage had been focused on online grocery sales. I asked both of my guests why they decided to focus on in-store sales when there was so much attention placed on the other side of the retail dynamic. Megan was the first to tackle the question. Online grocery had grown tremendously during the pandemic, but at the time the campaign was starting, shipping carriers were overwhelmed. Some retailers were working on online ordering systems that needed kinks to be worked out. And some retailer sites had no appointments for pickup and delivery for months out. So consumers had to go in store. Some consumers were taking an omni-channel approach because if there wasn't out of stock at their local store, they're maybe going online to find it elsewhere and vice versa, thus still requiring a trip to a store. And finally, that trip to the grocery store for many could have been their only time in the week to escape their homes during lockdowns or other COVID restrictions. So it really became a lifeline to the outside world. All this to say, once it was safer and consumers felt more comfortable venturing out, we wanted to drive foot traffic to brick and mortar stores. Kevin also shared his thinking on the matter. Last year, retailers, brands, you know, vendors like us, um, agencies, everybody was trying to figure out this new world because things were obviously flipped upside down from a from a consumer journey perspective. And you know, with that, the you know, what we saw is you know, retailers were figuring out themselves, they're figuring out their e-com sort of consumer journey, you know, themselves. And um, obviously there were, you know, whether it be supply chain potential issues or out of stocks and, you know, how do we integrate, how do retailers integrate, um, you know, their supply chain and um, sort of their shelves in a digital way to ensure that, um, you know, it flows properly to the e-com. And I think as we're trying to, again, drive new users of, of Barrio, um, not necessarily existing users, it was extremely important to us that the that the consumer journey and, and more importantly the experience with the digital media, um, you know, was as seamless as possible. And one of the things we saw is is as, as retailers were still trying to figure out that journey, you know, there was a little bit of clunkiness, you know, where um, you know the brands the brands would would not necessarily be in stock online, or um, there would be a replacement product that would uh, replace. Barrio, if, if for some reason it was showing out of stock and would put a competitive brand in there. And that's certainly not something we wanted the, the consumer to, to experience. So, you know, as the retailers really spent a lot of last year, and I will say they have, they've come a, a long way and it's, it's, it's amazing how, how the journey has changed. Um, that was a big, a big part of it. And then secondarily, the olive oil category is, um, it's a convoluted one. It's an extremely competitive one. And 
we wanted to ensure consumers knew exactly what stores that the product was available um, and kind of, you know, give them sort of that lasting image, that, that, that sort of branding imagery um, as they go into store and, you know, decide which olive oil they want to purchase. Um, and remember that, you know, Barrio is, is one that uh, has some unique features and, and benefits. And, um, you know, and frankly, um, you know, looking at the markets we targeted, this was, these are also giving consumers a reason, you know, to, to go to go in store and have kind of an experience out of their home. I know all of us could be for ourselves, myself, getting out of the house to do anything was extremely exhilarating and exciting. Um, and I think that that definitely was a, was a component of, of that reasoning. With more information on the decision to focus on in-store sales, Kevin further elaborated on the three regions that were targeted during the campaign. So the retailers differed, of course. You know that, that you know by by default, Geo the the retailers are going to are going to differ in terms of the ones we focused on, and and frankly, that I mean that I guess was one of the biggest differences in the markets, right? Because depending on the retailer in the market, you know, there's a little slightly different type of customer that shops at a Publix versus a you know a shop right in the Northeast or whatever retailer it may be. So that certainly was a big part of it. But in terms of like the creative and the messaging and the engagement, it was fairly consistent across the three markets and. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier. I mean, the the engagement with the the creative and the media was was extremely strong, um, you know, and, and certainly driving. We saw the conversion on on the back end. Um, so, you know, there was there was some consistency in the messaging and the creative. Um, there were some differences slightly in targeting based on the retailer profiles that kind of make up the different regions. Um, but but overall. You know, performance-wise, we definitely we saw consistency across the board, but we did see, you know, a significant uptick um, in the southeast. Um, and some of the the analytics we did down, um, you know, down in the southeast during the program, and I think it kind of alludes to what I mentioned earlier, um, where you know they were a little bit underdeveloped, not as well known. Um, you know, we're able to kind of use this 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 media this this uh, solution, you know, to to help not only drive significant sales volume, but you know, to really provide some some positive awareness. Megan provided some additional insight into the three regions as well. Our media mix is really what translated well across all the regions. We focused on a combination of connected TV and display to build awareness, which proved to be really impactful regardless of the region. And specific to the Midwest, I wouldn't say it was more difficult um, I think we just had really impressive numbers in the Southeast that we just were really happy with, but weren't expecting. Considering the tumultuous climate in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic, I asked Kevin to explain a little bit about the challenges faced in trying to deploy a campaign like this in such uncertain times. Yeah, so we've, we've fortunately had had you know, some good track record with Barrio in the past um, in, dry, in utilizing you know, digital media to, to increase sales. And I think you know, prior to COVID, I think that was always going to be, you know, a, um, you know, a significant piece of, of, of their plan. I think, um, you know, it, it's an interesting question you ask uh, about the research and, and understanding what was going on insight-wise prior to, you know, prior to kicking anything, anything really off, because it was such, you know, I hate, <laughs> I hate saying, saying this term, but it, it, it kind of goes without saying, where everybody was in such uncharted, uncharted waters last year, right? I mean, this, this was something that Barrio, you know, had planned to do, you know, prior to COVID. But the reality was, is the strategy had the strategy had to change, right? Um, the strategy had to change because grocery stores changed, supply chain changed, everything kind of changed. So we needed to make sure that, you know, let's reset ourselves um, and understand, you know, do we have the right 
targeting set up? Do we have the right markets, the right retailers, et cetera? And so what we were able to do, and, and a lot of our clients were asking this because, you know, a lot of categories and brands, their 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 customers, their customer base changed. I mean, you know, I know myself, um, I'm a uh, I'm a big mustard user. I mean, I was buying early on in COVID, I was buying, you know, mustards that I had never even heard of before, <laughs> just because there were there were, you know, some of my favorite brands not not available. So we really used the time and, and it was early on in COVID, it was really, you know, uh, April, probably April through through June to just make sure that that we we had the right, you know, we had the right strategy, we had the right target audience we want to go after, um, all those things. And some of the things that we were able to glean, you know, utilizing a lot of, you know, IRI data and sales data and some of those analytics, which you know, we always pride ourselves on, on making sure we use from a targeting and, and optimization standpoint is, you know, we learned a lot, right? So certainly the olive oil category in the first four-ish weeks of COVID, really kind of the month of April, if you look year over year, it was up something like 54% in the overall category, which is just outrageous. But during COVID, what weren't, you know, um, you know, absurd numbers uh, as every category was really up. But the, some of the interesting things that we saw is although Barrio being, you know, a top olive oil, olive oil brand, um, their, their, work, their competitors were um, outpacing them, not necessarily in dollar sales, but outpacing them in, in percent increase in sales. And, um, you know, that could have been because of supply chain or, you know, distribution issues, things like that. But the reality was is that as the category grew, the new users grew, um, and there was an opportunity to, um, you know, go after these 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 shoppers that maybe had never bought Barrio before, because there were more people buying olive oil than than, than ever. Um, so it was a real nice opportunity for us to work with with them to identify those customers and, and drive them uh, in store to to purchase the product. And uh, there were a few other things that we saw. You know, it was interesting is. You know, we looked at some demographic changes in terms of the buyers of uh, of the of the category, and you know saw some some interesting things like a, a higher household income um, was buying the the category, and you know some 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 small things that you know maybe necessarily weren't part of the the core burial target audience were things that we now had to consider because of the changes in uh, in behavior um, and the people that were buying the product and category. Considering the tumultuous climate in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic, I asked Kevin to explain a little bit about the challenges faced in trying to deploy a campaign like this in such uncertain times. The results of the program were impressive, with a 6% sales increase at the store level for the extra virgin olive oil. I asked Megan if this extended to other olive oil products that Barrio had made. Did so the extra virgin olive oil was what was featured in the ad campaign, but we did see a 3.4% sales lift across all of our olive oil products um, in the southeast sales lift study. So that was really really great to see. I also asked her if there was any online sales lift connected to the campaign. Unfortunately, I don't have data to prove there was any kind of increase in online sales that accompanied the in-store increase. Uh, but what I can say is that our website visits were up significantly, even though the campaign had a brick and mortar focus. Uh, so that was really an amazing thing to see, even though there wasn't maybe a causality, there was definitely a correlation happening. All in all, the campaign seems to have been a success. And that will bring us to the end of this edition of the Food Institute podcast. To learn more about Velasis, Veracast, and Filippo Berrio, please take a look at the links in the description of this video and follow them on their social media channels. 
Remember, if you're new to the Food Institute podcast, please follow, like, and share. And if you'd like to learn more about us, follow the links in our description to learn more about how membership could help you and your company. Until next time, this is Chris Campbell, signing off. Thank <music> you.